Yo, today's QOT is no matter what, nothing's going to be handed to you. Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got Jesse Itzler on the show today. And today, Jesse's going to talk about reality, really. And it's a reality that a lot of people just don't want to deal with. You know, I talk to, I, I live in Scottsdale. There's a lot of successful people in Scottsdale, and I like to talk to people. And one thing that people sometimes talk about is they're like, I'm, I'm, I've been able to be successful. And it's mind blowing how people think that I got lucky or people thought that I was just ushered into some position without working really hard and going through a lot of stuff. And that's just the reality of things. A lot of people want to somehow circumvent reality and have things handed to them, but that's just not how life works. That's just kind of like, to me, it's kind of like a weird fantasy. Like life is hard. You're going to have to work. And on the road to whatever it is that you want to create, you are going to encounter obstacles. You are going to be highly disappointed at times. You are going to feel like a failure. You are going to flop in front of people. You are going to have critics. You are going to have haters. Expectations aren't going to work out sometimes. Like all of these things happen and they're just a natural part of life. And no one is exempt from them. As much as we want to think that people are exempt from the challenges of life, they are not. Everybody's got a story. So we have to accept the fact that these challenges are part of the story. And it is the challenges that make us grow. And it's the delayed gratification because it doesn't happen instantly. It's the delayed gratification that makes us appreciate what we've done. So never forget that no matter what, nothing's going to be handed to you. You're going to have to work for it and you're going to have to go through it to get there. Jesse Itzler's coming up. So recently, as la up, like last month, I decided I was going to try to run a race called The Last Man Standing, but the race was in like four or five weeks. So I, I wanted to do, I wanted to run, forgetting about what the race format is, I wanted to see if I could run 100 to 130 miles within the time frame of the race, but I was, I'm basically not really even close to trained up for that, not even close. So I called my friend Chad, who's a Navy SEAL, friend of mine, who's an amazing ultra runner, an expert in the space. I said, Chad, can I run this race and complete this race untrained? Can I do 130 miles? And he asked me one simple question. And he said to me, it depends how big your why is. You're going to have a lot of big obstacles tomorrow or on this race if you want to do it, Jesse. What's your why? Is your why bigger than the obstacles? No matter what goal you have, you're starting a new business, you're running a big race, you're doing 29029, your why has to be bigger than the obstacles because the obstacles are going to challenge you. What I want to do today is talk about helping you discover what your why is if you don't know what your why is and why you're here. Before we do that, 
I want to talk about the number one element that's going to get everybody through this, the number one indicator of future success, and that's grit. That's grit. It's what everybody here wants. They want grit. They want mindset. That's what we're here. If you don't have it, you're going to get a little grittier tomorrow. Everybody here is born with a baseline of grit. On a one to 10, I might be, 10 being the highest, I might be a three, Colin might be a nine. But when you do things that put you in a situation, they're hard, that make you grittier, your baseline goes up. And when you do things like that, it never goes back down. Muscle memory, it never goes back down. And tomorrow, everybody here, no matter if you finish or not, is gonna get a little bit grittier. So as I've said at some of the other 29s, I want to write a book about grit. I'm not the grittiest human in the world, not even close. But just based on my own experiences, I figured I would write a book. So like anything else, when you write a book, you start out with an outline. So I want to share a couple of the chapters before we get to the why. I want to share a couple of chapters of what would be in my book about grit. So the first thing is I would have a foreword. The foreword would be written by my dad. My dad's not alive, but if he was alive, maybe I would write it for him. I would ask my father to write the forward about grit. My dad's never ran a marathon. He's never ran a 5K. He's certainly never done anything like this. But the first thing I want you guys to understand about grit is you don't have to be the toughest guy in the world to be gritty. My dad owned the plumbing supply house. He never missed a family dinner. He showed up at every event. He stayed married for 65 years to the same woman. He was an unbelievable dad. Man, that takes a hell of a lot of grit. Grit isn't like, oh man, I'm gonna be fucking tough. That's, that's okay in some situations, but grit's like every day. And my dad had that. And I just want you to know that like the baseline of grit isn't only always about like being the highest tolerance of pain. Grit rears its face everywhere, every day. My son had to be gritty to get out of the car. The principals and the administrators had to be gritty to, to take on a kid that was struggling. And we're all going to get a little bit grittier. The, 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 the introduction to the book about grit, the title of the introduction would be Checkers. My dad grew up in Brooklyn. Very simple man. My dad invented something when I was young called Random Acts of Kindness. Became very popular years later. My dad grew up in a house with three generations, his father, his grandfather, and my dad, three generations in a small house, and they had a paint shop underneath in Brooklyn, and my dad played checkers. My dad was an unbelievable checker, checker player. My dad never let me beat him in checkers my entire life. He never, he never let me win. My dad was the checker champ of Brooklyn. When I was four years old, he taught me how to play the game and he would annihilate me, no mercy. I let my kids, you know, like wins, nothing. He would destroy me when I was seven. I got really good at the game and he would talk shit like, you can't even beat your old man. He would, he would heckle me. When I was 13, I mastered the game, I thought. So my father removed the entire back row of the checkerboard, the most important row in checkers, and he still beat me. He never let me beat him in checkers my entire year. I never beat my father until about one year ago. Got him. I was at my dad's house and my father said, Jesse, son, do you wanna play checkers? And I was like, yeah, I'll play in checkers. And I beat him for the first time in my life. It was a big moment in my life, but I realized that my dad was teaching me a lot about grit, life, business, personal development through the game of checkers. For starters, how many people here have kids? Show of hands. 
Whoa. All right, disappointment's been stripped from kids. Kids make every team. There's participation trophies. Where I live, it's mandatory that kids have to be invited to every single birthday party. Disappointment's a part of childhood. Your kids will be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Some of you are going to experience disappointment tomorrow, and you're going to get better from it. And your kids are going to get better from it. My dad gave me that gift. He told me that no matter what, man, nothing's going to be handed to you. And if you have a goal and you don't get your goal, even if you, if you work hard, maybe even after 54 years, you might reach your goal. And as I became an entrepreneur, that became really important to me. Those lessons became really important to me. You will be disappointed. You have to put yourself in situations where you can get disappointed and you're going to learn from it. That's part of being gritty. Chapter one would be called wanting it. Wanting it. I was at my sister's house. She recently passed away about three or four years ago. We're at a dinner and she had two friends over. Tough year for me. She has two friends over. We're having dinner. And one of the guys says to me, um, Jess, what's the, what's, what's the number one thing you would say that's led to some of your success in business or whatever? And I'm like, well, you know, there's like, there's no silver bullet. There's no one thing anyone can do. But if I had to put my finger on it and say anything, I would say I wanted it. I really wanted it, and they laughed. And the first guy's like, I, like, under, he's like, I really wanted a promotion. I didn't get it. And the other's like, yeah, I really wanted to win. This is what they said. I really wanted to win the lottery. I wanted to win the lottery, but I didn't get it. And I'm like, you guys don't understand. My sister had just put out a coffee table book. So we were talking about the coffee table book. The book was called Success Factors, where she interviewed successful people, Michelle Obama, Oprah, athletes, about oh, to get a one-page clip of why they were successful. And she just released the book. I said, I'm looking at the book. I said, Jill, this is unbelievable. How did you do this, man? Like, did you know anything about publishing? She's like, no. She's like, I called up everybody and no one would give me a quote. I called every famous person and their agent for four months and no one would give me a quote. But then this one guy on the New York Jets gave me a quote. And once I had an athlete, I went to all the other athletes and said, this pro football player. And then I started getting bigger names. And then I said, oh my God, you know, um, this quarterback, Tom Brady, gave me a quote, making it up. And then she went and she got actors and actresses. And I said, and she said, well, I had all the, I had, I had enough for a book. I'm like, well, how'd you put the book out? Do you know anything about publishing? She's like, no. I shopped it and everybody said no. No publisher would put it out. So I had to figure out how to self-publish it. I did all this research by myself. I'm like, whoa, it's pretty gritty of you, man. I said, well, how did you like market it? You don't know anything about marketing. She's like, I know. I just started like did my own PR. I started learning when I called and all this stuff. And I'm like, Jill, this is insane. I'm so proud of you. How in the world did you do all this? She's like, I don't know. I just woke up every morning and I wanted it so bad. I said, what? She's like, I just wanted it. I said, you see, fuckers. You got to want it, man. Whatever it is you're doing, you got to want it for you. You have to have a deep, and no one can, that's not something like I could like tell you how to do that. It has to be, tomorrow has to be important for you. Your effort has to be important to you. 
That was Jesse Itzler. His website is jesseitzler.com. You can watch today's talk on YouTube. It is called How Far Are You Willing to Go? 29029 Snow Basin, whatever that means. All right, my friend, that is it for me. Please leave a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. I read them almost every day, and so I would love to read yours. Follow me on Instagram at Sean Croxton. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you on Monday. I'm out. Peace.